I want you to go to Matthew chapter 14, and I want to uh, preach just a little while on hidden blessings during the storm, or how to be an unsinkable saint. I believe that God has us go through storms, sometimes we're in the perfect will of God as Peter was, and God sends some terrible storms. This storm was so bad, so bad, that it was in uh, the distance from the shore. Look at verse 24 of Matthew chapter 14. Would you stand in honor of the Word of God? I appreciate the ladies trying to follow me on that singing. When everybody can sing, goes back there, they call on me to sing in here. And so I appreciate their uh, coming early and practicing, trying to get that thing down. And that's one of my favorite songs. Uh, dear lady, about 83 years old, named Elsie Hobbs, told me I ought to sing that song because I was on the way to a funeral of her dear friend Nancy, and we were burying her, her daughter up in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. And God gave me that song uh, during that funeral message to sing. And that's the first time I've sung in years. And I love it. I love it. Because he is the master of the wind. Amen. And he does make the sun shine again. But look at verse um, 22. I'll get to something I feel more comfortable with preaching. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Now, this is Jesus saying to get in the ship and to go before him into the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a spirit? And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, here's the will of God, and he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand, called him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they were in the ship, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. I want you to notice that in the ship there was many disciples, but one stepped out by faith. He began to sink, but praise God, I believe he was still in the perfect will of God being out of that ship. And I want to preach just a little few minutes on hidden blessings in the storms of life. You may be seated. Father, I want to thank you for people that's uh, in this room, dear God, that's been through a whole lot. And God, I thank you for the transparency of our song leader, that he's not so full of pride that he can't share his heart about his wife and his children. And, and dear God, I thank you for his faithfulness. I know it would be very easy for him just to quit or give up or get depressed or, or even get bitter. And Lord, we pray, dear God, that you just help him to continue to be open and honest before you and sing praises unto thee. God, I thank you for Jennifer, and I thank you, God, for bringing her through all this chemo and 
God, I know it's a storm every time she has to go to one of these hospitals and check in and, and experience all this pain and all these reactions. And God, we thank you for the good report lately, and I just pray to God you'd continue to give uh, her grace and strength as only you can give in this storm. God, I could go all over this auditorium. Many people going through terrible storms, storms of their loved ones not living for you, and storms of, of financial troubles and storms of, of physical troubles. God, we thank you that in every storm, you're still in the midst. And dear God, in every storm, God, you're there because you are God and you're the I Am. So Lord, bless us tonight, tonight to uh, realize what we need to do in the storms. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The passage of Scripture, we find the disciples of our Lord trapped in the grip of a fierce storm. Now folks, when an experienced commercial fisherman is scared of the storm, I want to tell you, it's a storm. And we see the problem with the storm. Number one, there was a distance from the shore. Verse 24, the Bible says this, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. That means it wasn't near shore. There was a great distance to the shore. Have you ever felt stranded? Ever felt like, man, uh, where's the end of all this storm's going to come? And uh, who, who, who really cares is a thought the devil often puts on our, in our minds. And we're all alone. But I want to tell you something, I see not only the distance from the shore, but I see the direction of the wind. The Bible says in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 14, it says, um, Jesus constrained his disciples to go get in the ship and go before them in verse 22. So they were in the will of God. But in 24 it says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary. And folks, we see the direction of the wind was against them. And folks, I'm glad that somebody told me right after I got saved that in this world you shall have tribulation. That it's not going to just be uh, an exemption from trouble, but that trouble even works for us when we're saved and sanctified and thrilled filled with His will. So we see the distance and we see the direction, but also see the darkness of the night in verse 24. It said, in 25, it says, In the fourth watch of the night, uh, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. The fourth watch is in the middle of the morning. And it's very, very dark in that time. We've all been through dark times. We've been through dark storms. I can imagine the folks at Puerto Rico uh, saying, you know, when's it going to end? When's it going to get better? One storm after another. There's been four category, four to five storms uh, already came by or hit the Caribbean. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's hidden blessings for the children of God in the storms. I want to see, number one, that the storms are God's means of transportation. The storms are God's means for transportation. What, what I mean, look at verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the, of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. You know, the very thing the disciples feared, the sea was the very thing that the Lord used to be a vehicle to reveal Himself unto them. You know, I appreciate Brother Randy. That took a lot of courage to... To, to share that, and he don't share that much. But I, I know what his wife's been through and, and, and how hurt she is. Uh, her daddy was killed tragically in an in a accident in hunting. And then her niece and her, her little nephew murdered by, by, by the strange husband on visitation hours in the middle of the parking lot on Cleveland Highway. Brother Randy preached that funeral, and I looked in that casket, and there was Mama... And a nine-year-old, or maybe nine, nine or eight, 
eight-year-old little boy in her arms. Now, that'll break your heart. And folks, either your heart will get tender or your heart will get hard. You'll either get better or bitter through things like that. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't think I could handle it. I know I couldn't handle it. And then, you know, the Bible says that God won't put uh, anything on you that you can't bear. That's a false statement. The Bible never says that. But he said he wouldn't put, on, put anything on you that he could not bear for you. Say amen. That's an old grandmama saying, saying, oh, he won't ever put anything on you that you can't bear. There's a lot of things in this life you cannot bear. And that would be one of them. Say amen. And folks, we need to pray that hearts will be softened and that people will come back to God. Because where would you be if that happened in your life? So before we pass judgment or before we get holier than thou, we just ought to thank God for the grace to be here tonight and the mercy and the appetite and the desire to be in the house of God. It's a gift from God because all of us have been through some things that could cause us to become hard and even question God and have shells of protection. When I teach these family uh, uh, retreats, I always say that if there's a coldness in your marriage, it might be men that you have caused it by hurting your mate so much that she's put up walls of protection. One layer after another layer after another layer after another layer. And the only way you can break down that wall is the love of God. Say amen. That's, you can't beat, browbeat, lecture, and have somebody to open up to you. Man, you closed her spirit, man. And the only way you can open that spirit is through God's love and God's spirit. Can somebody say amen? Can't wait to April when we go on that couple's retreat. I'm loaded for bear, amen. And Brother Tim McCulley is going to be our guest preacher, so that's going to be wonderful, amen. The one that hosts that meeting down there. So we're, having, we're going to have a great time in April. But I want you to know there was distant, it was dark, and folks, the, the wind was blowing against them. And so we see, first of all, the storm is God's means of transportation. He comes in the face of darkness. He comes in the face of disaster. He comes in the face of the deep. The very thing the disciples feared, the raging sea, was the very thing that was the vehicle for God to get to His disciples. He was on the mountaintop. He commanded them to go over. He is the master of the wind. Don't you think in His providence He allowed that storm and that disciple, the disciples' trip? Sure He did. It didn't catch Him off guard. And He knew that it was not only a, a, a test of their faith, but it was a time to, uh, to um, increase their faith and to help them realize they need God. Let me say this, friend. If you don't believe you need God, I'm telling you, God will put some things in your life where you absolutely know that He's the only one that can rescue you from a storm. That He's the only one that can help you endure that storm. And He's the only one that can turn that storm into transportation to His presence. Amen. That He'll come to you. And he'll come looking for you. Aren't you glad that God is a God that promises if you'll draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. But I want to tell you something. You let sin have its way and you let self get in the way. And folks, I want to tell you something. You can, be a, you can be in a very desperate situation and you can't find God. That's what our preacher preached on so wonderfully. Um, Brother Kuykendall, when you can't find God, what a message. Go back on WhitfieldBaptist.com. And listen to that message. I'm not going to touch it. But I want to tell you something. It was one of the greatest messages ever preached behind this pulpit. When you can't find God, what to do? Job says, I've looked to the right, I've looked to the left, and I cannot find God. 
And so it's a lot of times we can't find God. But thank God on this occasion, the disciples found God. They recognized who He was. I want you to see the storms are God's means of testing. Look at verse 25. God's means of testing, Brother Cody. The Bible says in verse 25, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the scene. See, and when the disciples saw Him walking in the sea, on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. In other words, they're saying, Good night, boys, this is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Not in the fear of God, but for fear. But straightway Jesus spake to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come into thee on the water. Folks, they're, they're, th- here we see the means of testing. They reveal the test. The storms reveal the Savior. He came with a message. What was that message? The message was, no, you're, not out, you're out of the will of God, and you bunch of backslidden disciples. He says, no, peace be still. He gave them the be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. What a message. Folks, he came with a message of peace. You know, as Christians, we can have peace when we can't understand. Folks, God didn't call you to trace Him. God called you to trust Him. There's a lot of things that I don't understand, Miss Jennifer. Why that you would get cancer? Why would anybody get cancer? Why would a baby die? Why would this lady that's uh, thousands of miles away from the uh, Key West where she lived all her life and escaped the storm get killed in a head-on collision in, on the Atlanta Bypass trying to flee from the storm? I don't have the answers. I, I'm not God. I must trust Him, not trace Him. But I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7. Here's a great promise. I've almost dealt with this chapter, but I knew it would take more than one week. So I'm just going to deal with this passage. Ephesians. Philippians, Galatians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, G-E-P-C. Look at this. It says in verse 6, be careful for nothing. You know what that means in chapter 4, verse 6 of Philippians? Don't worry about a thing. Because I want to tell you something, friend. 94% of what you worry about, it ain't going to come true. And the 6% that does come true, you couldn't do anything about it anyway, so why worry? You know, worrying's poison. You poison the present, you, you, you let the past ruin the present, and, and, and certainly the, pa- uh, the past poisons the present and ruins the future. I've said that so many times I got it mixed up. The past poisons the present and ruins the future. And folks, a lot of people are miserable today because they're, they're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. And so they're just miserable. But the Bible says, be careful of nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. There's that admonition that Brother Randy gave us. And Brother Cadard's going to preach for us next Wednesday night. I felt impressed after that uh, prayer meeting that he needed to preach. And he said he would. And it says, Be careful nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And listen what happens. And the peace of God, which passes what? All understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word keep is a deep word in the Greek that means garrison. Or guard. You know, the devil wants to rob you of peace today about tomorrow. We worry about tomorrow. Be careful for nothing. And folks, the past is the past. All we can do is plead the blood, get forgiveness if it's our fault, and get it under the blood. Amen? And a lot of times, bitterness turned in is, is, de- is, is depression. 
And bitterness turned out as angry. We get angry at God. We get angry at the church. We get ang- I've had people get angry at me over something happening in their life that I had nothing to do with. Maybe I could have prayed more like Brother Randy said. But folks, I want you to know that God, God's given us the key. It's praying about everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. That means we ought to thank God for everything. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse uh, 20 that we can pray, uh, praise God and thank God for everything if we're filled with the Spirit. The only way we can thank God for everything is in the Spirit, that the Spirit of God will help us have assurance that He works all things together for the good of them that love God, called according to His purpose, and that He foreordained predestined us to be like Him. Not that He predestined some to be saved, some to be lost. He predestined us once we got saved to be like Him. And so Romans 8, 28 says, He uses trouble to help us be more like Him. Folks, we pray more when we're in trouble. Say amen. We pray more when we have trouble. I'm going to tell you something. When uh, the war was in the Middle East about... 83 or whatever it was, we had a full house. We couldn't hold the people. We was running over 300 in Sunday school. Altar was filled every service because they thought the world was coming to an end. And folks, it's amazing that we pray more in the emergency room than we do in the, uh, in the pleasant sunshine on a trip on vacation. We take God for granted. He's not emergency rations. He's daily bread. Say amen. And so we see they... It, uh, the storms reveal the Savior. Number two, storms refine the saint. We become more like Him. You know, a lot of people just fall apart and go to pieces and they multiply their troubles with more trouble. But Matthew chapter 14, and I want you to look at it, uh, verse 28 and 29, the Bible says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if thou be, if, if it be thou, uh, bid, I said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come into the, to thee on the water. He said, if you're really who you are, I believe you're able to overcome everything that we're in, in the midst of it, and I want to be with you, safer than that ship. Look at verse 29. He said, come, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, folks, it refines the saint. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Trials and storms drive us to our knees. I know we shouldn't be that way, but we're human we take for granted all our blessings. The goodness of God ought to draw us to repentance. But I want to tell you this. We need to see that God uses storms to refine us. And then He, uh, he, he, uh, and, and he also does something else. He uses storms to remind, remind the saints. Not only to refine the saints and, and, and to reveal the Savior, but to remind the saints of what? Look at verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And began to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and he called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And so we see that this storm caused Peter to realize how much faith he needed. Storms have a way of refining us and defining us and showing us what we're really made of. A lot of people, storms knock the wind out of people and they never come back. They shake their fist at God. They blame God for the death of their baby. They blame God for the death of their father. They, they blame God for the trials and tribulations. They blame God for their husband walking out on them. And folks, God, it's not his, he didn't do that. Sin did it. We ought to get mad at anybody. We ought to get mad at sin, not the Savior. Then we see number three, the storms are 
God's means of testimony. God's means of testimony. Verse 32. It says, And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Now listen to this. Then they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Amen. I love that part, don't you? Thank God through all the storms, we see it's a means not only of testing, but it's a means of a testimony. They testify of the power of Jesus to calm storms. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. Just got in the boat. He can cause the wind to cease and the sun to shine again. All he's trying to do is get us to see that he's in control and that he's over the storms of life. And folks, he testifies, hey, I'm powerful. And when he said, peace be still, those waves calmed down like a, like a controlled little puppy. It was just placid. And folks, it testifies of his person, most important of all. When Jesus stilled the storm, the disciples knew they were in the presence of the Son of God. Amen? They immediately saw him, not as a spook, not as a spirit, not as a ghost, but they saw him as the Holy Ghost. And they saw him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the creator and sustainer of all and praise God their Savior. They confessed him. They bowed before him in worship. God controls the affairs of our life. And when the storms come, they're designed to bring us to a place where we realize and worship him as the master of the wind. I want you to notice in closing there were some great things about this miracle. The performance of the Savior. He said, I am. In verse 27, he said, I. Be of good cheer, it is I. And in essence, he was saying, I am. And in John, there's several references to John or to Jesus as the bread. I am the bread. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Amen. He's the, I am the shepherd. Amen. Thank God for the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Folks, He's not was or He's going to be. He is. He's the I am. He's the I am. And thank God He's the great I am. Amen. There's nobody like Him, as the old black preacher said. There's no one like Him. And so I see the declaration of His deity. He says, I, and I am. The Lord is. And then, folks, we see in verse 27 and 28, uh, whatever you think uh, about this uh, Peter sinking, don't be so critical about Peter. Because look, verse 27, he said, But straightway Jesus spake to him, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. He wasn't trying to show off. He wasn't just big mouth Peter trying to uh, impress somebody. We, he really believed. And folks, Peter um, realized that what was about over his head was already under Jesus' feet. Amen. What was about to get over his head was under Jesus' feet. I'd like to repeat that. Amen. I wrote it in the top of my Bible. Praise God. What, what was about to be over their heads was already under his feet. Folks, God's already in control. And folks, I want you to know that the, poor, the Savior showed that he was deity, he was God, but also, folks, we see not only the, uh, the uh, uh, 
the picture of faith. We see the, the vision of faith. They saw Him as who He is. He's the I Am. He's able. And folks, if they really believe that He is God, why wouldn't they jump out of an old boat and walk on the water with the Lord? Some people criticize Peter for being uh, uh, presumptuous and, 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 and over-exuberant and over-enthusiastic. Folks, I want to tell you something. I appreciate enthusiasm in the house of God. Now, I'm not talking about this contemporary worship. Now, I'm not talking about some wild Comanche hanging from the ceiling chandeliers. We need to take these things down and remodel this, but we don't want anybody hanging from these chandeliers. They will not hold you up. That's not worship. Amen? I don't believe God makes you any less of a gentleman or any less of a woman when you worship God. I don't mean you have to be dead, but I want to tell you something. I don't think it's uh, uh, right to roll down the aisle and, and, and act less human. I think we're more of a gentleman and more of a lady. And I believe there's some the proper and decent worship. Amen? That's why I love these musicians playing, playing these uh, instruments with Christ-honoring music. We're not going to jump up and down like the venue up here at Chattanooga with Jesus written over our naked chest, men, and say we're worshiping Jesus. That's not worship. That's a rock and roll concert, say amen. But folks, they accept that. It's, it's wild. Smoke coming up from the... Oh my goodness. Folks, listen. We don't have to be entertained. What we need to do is intercede to have God's presence. I think everything ought to be done decently and in order. I believe we ought to worship God. And I don't believe we have to have a menu to the service. But I really believe that if he wants to change the service, it's his service. But at the same time, we need to reverence and respect him. I guarantee you, if he walked through that door, you wouldn't jump no pew. You'd fall on your face. Say amen. You wouldn't swing from the chandelier either. You would fall on your face. Peter was not trying to be boisterous, flamboyant, or a contemporary worship by jumping on the water. He was just coming to the, the I am. We need to come to the I am in our storms. Our song leader shared his heart. He was transparent. I thank God he's able to do that on, on this Wednesday night prayer meeting and not feel intimidated or threatened by one of you saying, well, I knew there was something wrong with Randy. I'm glad we can be transparent before God. And folks, I really believe in my heart, when we see God, it humbles us. It humbles us into real worship. And real praise. And they started praising him as the I am. So we see a vision of Jesus, but I want to show you what really makes a difference in the storm. The voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus. He said unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Here's the voice of Jesus. I'm not looking for signals, signs, or, or symbols when I go to bed tonight to reveal Jesus to me. I got His Word. I don't, need, I, need, I don't need mystical signs and wonders and miracles. The Bible says that's a corrupt and adulterous generation that seeketh after a sign. Folks, we got more than a sign. We got the Savior. And we got more than a private revelation. We got the whole Word of God. Say amen. And we need to go by the Word. We need to listen to His voice. Folks, the best thing you can do when you're going through a storm, if you can't reach for a lantern, if you can't reach for a life jacket, reach for the Word of God and hear His voice. And let Him tell you who He is. And folks, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And faith cometh by what? Hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. 
And I used to think that was just come to service, you'll automatically get faith. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Some people come to service and don't listen to a thing. And they don't obey a thing. My mother used to have a favorite saying. Kenneth Wayne Cofield, did you hear me? I'd say, yes, ma'am. I said, did you really hear me? I'd say, yes, ma'am. She used all three proper names. I knew I was in trouble anyway. But she said, Kenneth Wayne Cofield, did you hear me? You know what she was saying? Are you not just audibly hearing me, but are you volitionally hearing me? Are you going to really respond to what I say? Are you going to obey me? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That means you obey what God gives you, the light that you have, and God will give you more light. And sometimes in the storm, we can't hardly breathe, much less walk. We can't see. But if there's one thing you need to do, you need to remember the scriptures that you've studied. And that's why I believe you ought to memorize the Word of God, paralyze it, actualize it, and let it be engrafted in your soul. Because when the devil tries to break you and bend you, and mold you into the fear of this world, you can say, it is written. And I know who he is. He's the I am of every storm. Brother Kenny Cockendall didn't tell you this, but he's a famous songwriter. Not famous, he's just a songwriter. But he was awarded by somebody. I don't know why they awarded him this, because they don't usually appreciate anything of God. But they were awarded, the music industry awarded him a, a great award. And he, and he wrote this song. I wish I had the words. I wish I had the words. Look it up, Brother Andrew. No, uh, the words. The Eye of the Storm was the title of the song. I'll get it for you. Maybe Brother Randy can sing it for you. And it's not E-Y-E. It's the Eye of the Storm. Amen. And that little old short preacher that preached such a great message on the third week of uh, August, August 22nd, he got this song about being the eye of the storm. And that's exactly what Christ is, who Christ is. He's the eye of the storm. Last but not least, not only do you have the, the vision of faith, you see Jesus, not only the voice of faith, how to be an unsinkable saint, but you have the venture of faith. Folks, listen, verse 29, it says, And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down and out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And a lot of people says, Yeah, but he should have never done that because he sunk. I want to tell you this, friend. Peter got out of the boat and he walked a while with Jesus. That's better than not getting out of the boat at all and never walking with Jesus. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it kindly, but I ain't saying it's a license of sin. All of us from time to time is going to sink. Amen. All of us. All of us is going to fade a little bit. Amen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've had a constant growth since the day you're saved. If you have, come up here and preach this message because you're the one that needs to preach it. Because I have not always been on the mountaintop. And I appreciate transparency when people say they're hurting and they're going through it. I had a lady come to me, uh, used to be a member of this church, Sharon Capehart. And her husband's got dementia and Alzheimer's at about 55 years of age. And he don't even remember who I am. And I was his pastor for many years. But that doesn't break my heart. What breaks my heart, half the time, he don't know who Sharon is. And she comes to me with tears streaming down her face at that conference Saturday, that prayer retreat. I don't call it a conference. Conference are dead. It's a revival to me. And said, Preacher, I appreciate you being transparent about your marriage. Because everybody thinks everybody's got it perfect as a Christian. 
And he says, I've been, I've been going through it for 10, 15 years. You know the situation. And I appreciate you sharing what you and Miss Connie went through when you first got married. Thank you for your transparency. And I want to tell you something, friend. We need to be transparent that we need God. And that we can't make it without God. And all this is above us. And folks, the storm knocks the eye out of us and helps us to see Him. We need to see Him. We need to see Him in every blessing, every day, every breath. That's why I bring up some of these things that just are so heartbreaking. Because I want you to be grateful for what you got and where you're at and how God's blessed you. But let me just close with saying this. Faith has a value. In verse 32 it says, And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. When they were in the ship, listen to this, and when they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. So Peter didn't play it safe. He had a venture. But here's the value of faith. He learned who God is. And folks, I want to tell you something. Don't criticize Peter getting out of his comfort zone. He walked a while before he sunk. And then when he sunk, guess who grabbed him and pulled him up? I bet he never forgot that clutch. I bet he never forgot that hand. I believe he never forgot who pulled him up and who probably had to push him into the boat. Because I guarantee you, Peter wasn't walking anymore. He was treading water, spitting water, doing everything he could to get back in that boat. Amen. But Jesus put him back in the boat. And Sometimes I think about my Amy, my quietest middle child, and how we miss her. And my wife the other day, I was bringing up, I said, you know, they're going to be leaving in three or four months. She says, don't remind me. I said, good night, I hit a nerve there. I said, praise God. I said, she says, please, don't, don't remind me. She started, little eyes started swelling up with tears. Don't remind me. I don't want to even picture the airport. I just want to enjoy what we got now. I said, okay, honey. My stupid mouth opened up when it shouldn't. I'm sorry. Apologize completely. But I'll just say this. And uh, Julie and Mark, you, you, can, you can agree with this, and I believe, Miss Brunella, you can agree with this, and all of you that sent your children to the mission field. It's probably the hardest thing in the world to do, especially the grandchildren. Brother Kevin Hall says, it's amazing how my pastor comes over yearly now to see me on the mission field. And he's doing that, you know, with a little smirk on his face. He learned that up at Northwest High. And he said, and, and I really appreciate you coming to see me every year. <laughs> he, know who's, he knows who I'm coming to see. My little Amy. She's 30-something years old, but she's still my baby. And I still want to protect her every day, and I want to see her, and I want to hug her. But I'll say this. I'd rather Mark and Amy be in the middle of the will of God in South Africa any day than be back here rich and famous in the convenience of this world and be out of the will of God because in the will of God there's a closeness to God there's a fellowship with God there's an adventure with God I tell you what you hang around Mark Coffee long enough you're going to find out there's an adventure with God hallelujah that man never stops he tried to call me to be the director of South Africa, Brother Mar. I mean, he said, I think you can just 
give up that church, give it to Jason, he's got more energy anyway, and come over to South Africa and go back to America and be our representative. I said, well, that sounds good, but I don't think God's telling me to do it, Mr. Holy Spirit. But anyway, <laughs> but I'm telling you, he's a recruiter. He thinks that's the, that's the place to serve God, Brother Darrell. That's it. You know? And he ought to feel that way. And I feel the same thing about Whitfield Baptist Church. It's precious to me. I don't even want to go preach a revival this weekend. I don't normally do that. About once every quarter, I'll, I'll, I'll go somewhere and preach, and I try to do it on in between Sundays because I just miss this place. I love this place. And I know I need to leave because one day I'm going to die and somebody's got to get trained. I'm not trying to look for, up for a load today, but I'm just saying one day, <laughs> one day, you know. And, you know, people got to get used to somebody else besides me. I'm not indispensable. This is not my church. I started 39 years ago. This is God's church. But I want to tell you what I appreciate about being the pastor of this church. I believe it's the will of God. And I believe with all my heart that my life has been the most enjoyable adventure of faith that I could ever live. No regrets. Sometimes no resources, but no regrets. And God can drive us to the end of ourself in a storm. So we seek Him. We hear from Him and we step out with Him. Let's pray. Father, Thank you that you are the master of the wind. No, no, I didn't do that song good, but that songwriter had it down. You can make the sun shine again. And Lord, we thank you, dear God, that sometimes in the storm we lose faith, but you still forgive us. Sometimes we sink, but you still pick us up and reveal yourself to us. And we thank you that in the storms we find out who you really are. May you increase our faith. May you be with those in Puerto Rico, and Virgin Islands, and all the other islands that's, that's being ravaged right now. And Lord, they, maybe some are questioning God. Maybe some are trying to put back up the, the idol of Mary. But dear God, may they see you as the eye of that storm. And we'll praise you. May we see you as the eye in our storm. Thank you for the grace that you've given Jennifer. Thank you for the grace you've given Brother Randy. Thank you for the grace that you've given the Robinsons. Thank you, Lord, for being the eye in our storm.